1: simply subscribe to Locked on Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic and Bananas. That's what this basketball season is. Uh, College basketball is just every week I think there's maybe been one week where it hasn't been crazy but every other week it's been nuts. I mean last weekend seven of the top 25 lost to unranked teams. On Wednesday night there were uh several. I mean, Purdue beats the brakes off of Iowa. Iowa had just gotten a big win over Illinois. Uh, they beat him almost forty. Um then you had um uh, Butler beating Villanova, which I mean, those guys are rivals, but Villanova had been, you know, going pretty good. Yeah. Providence knocks off Creighton. Creighton had just beaten who, Seton Hall?
0: One of those, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, that league, is the Big East is crazy. Providence got 10 losses and, and one handily, won by 17 in that game. Uh, th-
1: Louisville looked like they might lose. Wake Forest was up by 12 at halftime. But the one we are going to talk about is Vanderbilt and LSU. and 8 Vanderbilt, 8-0 LSU in the SEC. LSU had won, I think, 13 in a row. In conference, Vanderbilt had lost 28 in a row against conference opponents. Counting the tournament, yeah.
0: Yeah, regular counting the tournament. Se- regular season, they were on a 26 game losing streak. And during that time, LSU was 24 and 2 in the league. So 24 and 2 against 0 and 26. Goodness gracious.
1: And Vanderbilt goes out and puts up 99 points, the most points they've scored during in that streak. Yeah, 99 to 90. They beat LSU, and Saban Lee went off for 33 points. I, I mean, I've seen Sabin Lee play enough that I think, I think that I would probably vote him first team all SEC. I really do. I think he's that good. He is so incredibly crafty. Every time I've watched him against Kentucky and any other time I've watched him, he is phenomenal. He just is.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's averaging 16 points, four and a half assists. You know, he's shooting it almost 50% from the field. Uh, what is he? He's not shooting it great from three this year. But, uh, you know, the second straight year he's kind of had to be, you know, carry them at times when the star player, the other star player went out. Uh, last year he averaged 13, you know, not great. But this year he's really kind of um, asserted himself even more. And they have played well lately. I mean, they, they – They've been scare, close. Put a scare yeah. in Kentucky. Um, you know they've they have had uh, you know they've looked better than a team that's lost twenty six games in a row or whatever it was. They was they they blew it at the end against Florida. Uh, yep. Last time out, uh, you know, a week and a half ago, they had Kentucky um, threatened. They got blown out against South Carolina, but they, uh, you know. They they played some teams pretty well here in the last couple of weeks, and finally, of course, they break through against the the first place team in the league, the team that has right. played better than anybody over the time over the time that they have uh, struggled. LSU has played better than anybody else in the league, uh, and for that to be um, the team that they beat, and, and it's interesting for Kentucky because one Kentucky goes there on Tuesday night for the second of the two games this season goes to Nashville, which is where that game was tonight. Memorial Magic was back in effect mm. after a two-and-a-half-year hiatus. Yeah. Um, and so maybe they'll, maybe people will be a little more fired up. I mean, I think people were excited to get Stackhouse, and then it's just been kind of a slog. But the, people will be excited about this, and Kentucky always brings people out. So that, maybe game is a little trickier than you would have projected. And then the other thing is if Kentucky just takes care of business, though, and these, next, you know, wins at Tennessee Saturday not easy, but Tennessee's not great this year. Beats Vanderbilt and beats was it old Miss at home the following weekend. Then that trip uh, two Tuesdays from now to Baton Rouge will be, as we mentioned, you know, now now they're in position with with that LSU loss. They can go to Baton Rouge playing for a tie for first place uh, in the league, if not better. You know, LSU LSU looks pretty susceptible after tonight. Uh, They may lose again before Kentucky gets there, but um, this very much puts the SEC race back in in play for Kentucky. They were two games back of LSU, as is Auburn, uh, before this massive upset tonight. And, like, massive for a number of reasons. they had gone that long without winning. But also, you mentioned Saban Lee, but a guy named Evans, Maxwell Evans, who I don't have any memory of.
1: I don't either. I've never heard of him before tonight, and I've – you know, seen Vanderbilt play the last two years. He's know? averaging
0: seven points this season. He he made as many three-pointers tonight as points he averages on the season. He made seven of 12 threes and scored 31. So, at Rupp Arena a week and a half ago, Vanderbilt as a team scored 62. Maxwell Evans and Saban Lee tonight combined for 64. <laughs> uh, they said it was uh, I was on SEC Network as it was wrapping up. I think the first teammates to go for 30-plus. I don't know if it was just in the SEC or in college basketball. Probably just in the SEC. Yeah. But the first teammates to go for 30-plus in the same game since like 2008. Um, not easy to do. I mean, two guys score 64 points uh, in regulation, no less. It's pretty amazing. And so now all of a sudden LSU at, at Auburn
1: on Saturday is for first place. Um, oh yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. If Auburn wins that game, they are they got the tiebreaker and uh, they're in first place. And LSU has two losses. And Kentucky, if can take care of business at Tennessee, would be in a three way tie for first place. Uh, and, and then, um, as we said, you know, uh, then then you got LSU with two losses, and uh, it doesn't look. So, I mean, at, to, after tonight, uh, it looks so much more. Um, Promising for Kentucky to, to still capture the SEC regular season title. Uh, and it's going to come down to that game against LSU and the game in Rupp Arena against Auburn. Uh, but you can't trip along the way uh, because, as we've seen, this crazy stuff is happening. You know, All, all sorts of crazy stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. I didn't expect South Carolina to lose either. Um,
0: South Carolina lost tonight. Georgia blew a 22-point lead and lost yeah. to Florida. So Florida somehow just sort of scuffling along and staying, keeping its head above water. That's the second
1: twenty-point lead Georgia has blown. They blew one a couple weeks ago or a week ago against Missouri.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, not, they've done it twice. Not great, <laughs> not great stuff for Tom Crean. Uh, not inspiring a ton of confidence. He got a an efficient, not not like a bunch of you know jack him up stuff, but an eff, actually efficient thirty some points. Was it thirty? Two. two points from Anthony Edwards tonight, um, thirty two and six and had a twenty two point lead and blew it. He only took seventeen shots to get to thirty two points, hit six threes. Um if you're wasting a top five pick going off right. for thirty, um, that's bad news. You know, I mean that's that's the kind of stuff that people go is this guy the right guy for the job uh, exactly
1: i've got some friends that who went to georgia big time you know supporters and i told them i said i don't know about Crean. he said you know they they were happy about it thrilled about it i said yeah i don't know guys um and now you look at they've got the number one projected draft pick. They've got Rayshawn Hammonds, who's extremely talented. They've got Severe Wheeler, who's really you know talented as well. And you've blown twenty point leads, uh, two in the last three games. It's not looking good. And, and Anthony Edwards is going to be
0: gone. And you they're can twelve already be and to ten. are make... yeah. twelve and ten. They're two and seven in the conference. They are not making not they're not making the NCAA tournament no. with with maybe the number one pick they might not even make the nit. Right. And yeah. I mean that's I'm sorry, I don't care what else you got around him. I don't care if you had to rebuild build the entire roster. That is just abject failure. Um, this is I mean this is really bad. <laughs> this is Yeah really, it is. really really bad for Tom Crean uh, who, you know, threw his whole roster under the bus last year. Right. Uh, his first year uh basically said he i can't remember exactly but basically said he didn't have good enough players yeah um you know now you got better players and you're worse or just yeah just if bad. i was
1: Georgia i would uh, i'd drop him right now i'd just say you know what <laughs> wow. let's just get let's just let's just go for let's just see if one of you guys uh who's on his staff can take it from here and, and we'll, we'll just reset cream Get the hell out of here.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not totally uh, disagreeing <laughs> with you. I, the other thing I was going to mention, uh, circling back to that LSU game, uh, by the way, as it relates to Kentucky, yes, LSU lost to a bad Vanderbilt team tonight. Um, but when you talk about, you know, challenges, and we, we broke down so much going into and after the Mississippi State front court, uh, Emmett Williams and Trendon Watford, uh, and people will remember Watford, as we talk about Tom Crean, eh. uh, his brother beating Kentucky at Indiana back in the day. Watford was a five-star recruit this year. Emmett Williams was – I can't remember if he was a five-star or close to it. He was close to it. J- Javante Smart was a five-star point guard. Uh, they're loaded up with talent, LSU. But the the big guys, Watford uh, and Emmett Williams, combined for 50 points and 20 rebounds tonight. Yeah, they' they're good they're good I mean it wasn't yeah. their fault uh, and Watford not, can hit the three as well you know it was Mays who's probably their best player he was one for six from three and that hurt him and uh, you know just the fact that Vandy just had some guys go nuclear that's that's a big part of it Vandy just had finally kind of all the karma they were due came came uh, came back and repaid them tonight but Emmett Williams and Trenton Watford th- that's not an anomaly for them they've played really well all year. Uh, they draw a ton of fouls. They combined to go 19 of 22 at the free throw line. Yeah. So those two guys did, and LSU I think shot 36 free throws tonight. Th- that's going to be you know they can they can hurt Kentucky where Kentucky is susceptible unless EJ and Nick decide to be superheroes like they were, uh, you know, last night against Mississippi State, but.
1: Well, we got to get to a break. We'll talk some football. Um, you know, National Signing Day, the second round of National Signing Day, and Kentucky got a big one. We'll talk about that. But uh, before we, we go to break, I just want to tell you if if you haven't, if you didn't watch any of that Vandy LSU game or anything, just just Google Saban Lee dunk. The dunk that he had in that big game point. was insane. Uh, you'll you'll thank me later for that. Just to see that highlight. All right, and right, we'll continue next on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. <laughs> are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on the Locked on Kentucky podcast uh, and talked a little SEC basketball in the last segment. Now we're going to shift to National Signing Day and Kentucky uh, had to wait until uh, dinner time to find out if they were going to get this young man from uh, Dublin, Ohio, Michael Drennan, the second, and he had He had a Michigan hat up there. He had a Florida hat up there. He had a USC hat up there and a Kentucky hat. But everyone said it was down to Southern Cal and Kentucky. And then Justin Rowland, who runs the um, rival site for Kentucky, made note that the guy who runs that site for Southern Cal made the trip from Southern Cal to Ohio To see this, and so he was kind of saying, uh, if he doesn't pick Kentucky and picks SC, the smoking gun will be that uh, that website's publisher made the trip to Ohio uh, to be there in person. Yeah, you
0: usually don't make a trip like that unless you've gotten some indication, uh, right? You know that I know there was a famous one. I think Joe B was the coach in basketball. Where I think like all the beat riders like chartered a bus. Or Ralph Sampson. Got... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did they all get on a train? I can't remember. I know that, everybody, like that like, yeah. everybody that covered Kentucky thought he was coming to Kentucky, and they all went to his announcement. Which, especially back then, was like you know people didn't oh, cover yeah. recruiting the way they do now. But everybody knew Ralph Sampson was like the guy, um, and they all went, and, and, he, and he didn't. Uh, he picked Virginia. Uh, right. But but you know certainly in the modern era, most people have some idea before they make that, uh, make that call. So,
1: right. Um, so that happening, then you add to it that he said the announcement was going to come at six o'clock. Well, here it was like six thirty, and still he hadn't announced. It was just like 20 minutes of ceremony and talking and everything else. And finally he does pick Kentucky. Um, and so he's a four star. He makes uh he gives Kentucky seven four star in uh, signees in this class, he's the number six ranked all-purpose back according to the twenty-four-seven composite, the two hundred forty-sixth overall ranked player in the nation according to twenty-four-seven, which would make him the second highest ranked player in UK's class, and so that gives UK in the uh, twenty-four sports rankings uh, the twenty-third overall class. But the, another running back did not sign that they expected to, which was Torrance Davis, uh six foot two, two twenty out of Cleveland. So I mean More six two, 220 yeah. Uh and so I, I don't know what that is. Uh he said he said I was wanting to sign in December but I had to get my grades up. I got that out of the way, like my A C T and stuff. I am very happy. I wanted to sign in December, but I can't wait to sign. Um so that was, I guess, last week. But now he's not
0: signing, so I don't know. Yeah, it seems like there may be just some things to get in order there. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going on. Uh, I don't think he's a make or break recruit uh, f- for them. Um, right. I think they would like to. Um, they'd like to have a, sort of the different kinds of running backs. The uh, the uh, sorry, my some video was going off in my ear.
1: Uh, <laughs> that happens when you go on ESPN. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I think they'd like to, you know, they'd like to have the, the power and the speed and the diverse, um, you know, kinds of running backs. They, I think they always now want to have a power back for sure. Um, but but Drennan was the guy they had to get because um, they, they yeah. needed a really dynamic, you know, maybe it's unfair, but people keep saying uh, the, the Lynn Bowden replacement. Uh, but they do, they got to get somebody who can potentially, uh, do some of the things, be versatile, you know, come out of the backfield, catch passes in the slot, maybe return kicks, just be, um, kind of a game breaker. Uh, I don't know what his senior stats ended up being, but as a junior, uh, in high school, Drennan had 800 rushing yards, almost 500 receiving yards and 16 total touchdowns. Uh, didn't play as much. I think he had some injuries as a senior, um, but I think, you know, the tail is in who the offers were. You know, I mean, he had all these mega programs. And when the, mm-hmm. when the finalists are Kentucky and Southern Cal, you know, you've gotten, um, you know, you're getting in on a good guy. So um, that was big. And I think just in general, the, the way this class went down, I think they pretty well maximized sort of the, the uptick. You know, you hope if mm-hmm. you have a yeah. you hope if you have a ten win season like they did two years ago last fall um, that you can ride that wave that you can say, look, we finally done it, all of it, not some of it, not made steps towards it. Like we just won ten games, we got to a game in November where we win, and we would have been in the SEC championship game. We beat Penn State in a New Year's Day bowl game. We did something that hasn't been done here in forty years. We we are there. You know uh, that you hope you're selling that, and it and it connects um, because that window is short for a program like Kentucky to say like you know strike now and get players you couldn't get in the past, like say a five star defensive tackle out of Michigan, um, yeah. which they did, and a you know a four star all purpose back who was either you or or Alabama or you know Southern Cal or whatever, um, and I think they did that. I think they really really. Uh, maximized what you would hope to get as a program like Kentucky that's trying to climb up a few rungs in the pecking order, coming off that bounce of, of winning 10 games. And I think part of that was saving, you know, Lynn Bowden helping pull the season out of the fire. Uh, I think if this season, if they'd gone right back down in the midst of sort of trying to to, to nail down these recruits, yeah, uh, if if in November, October, November, they just tanked, and it was, you know, they were on their way to a losing season. Could they have held this class together? I don't know. That's why it was really important that they did go ten wins, eight wins in a year when they lost their quarterback. You can still sell to all these guys like, hey, now we just need a couple more pieces, and we're going to go win ten games again. Um, I just, I think from the big picture perspective, this was a nice little cherry on top, Michael Drennan, And It could be more than that. You know, we maybe look back in three years and go, he was just like Lynn Bowden. He was the yeah. guy they had to have. But in a big picture uh perspective, the fact that they wrapped up everybody but him basically before in the in the early signing period, they they nailed it. I just think they nailed this class.
1: Oh, no doubt about it. And you know, as far as running backs go, I mean, you know, we talked about Torrance Davis who had Michigan State, Penn State, Tennessee, Virginia, Maryland, uh among his offers and um he made the Instagram post that he wasn't going to be signing Wednesday, uh, but then he also posted a picture of himself wearing a Kentucky uniform, and then another stating everything happens for a reason. So we'll see. But uh, Jaton McLean, uh, another guy in this class, is a running back uh, who they got, and he enrolled. So he's already he's already in this um, in this semester. He's he's already in. He'll be in spring practice, all of that. So he's a. 5'10", 180-pound, three-star running back. So they'll be fine. They'll be fine as far as running backs go. And before we take a break, we want to talk talk in the next segment about um, Mark Stoops a little bit and Michigan State. But before we do that, how about um, uh, Booby Whitlow from Auburn? Deciding yeah. to transfer. I mean, that dude had a great year at he, Auburn. Why is he he's leaving? He's led
0: them in rushing for two years. Yeah, and he's heading out of there. I don't. I don't know what the story is there, but you know, as, as you look to Kentucky going there in the fall, um, that's a big, kind of a big deal. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So I just mentioned Michigan
1: State, Mark Stoops. If you don't know, we'll talk about it next, and you will know on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. <laughs> Locked on Kentucky, your team every day. All right, we're back here on the Locked on Kentucky podcast. And uh, if you didn't see any of this, uh, Mark D'Antonio, the head coach at uh, Michigan State, stepped down. Uh, Of course, it had nothing to do with, uh, you know, the inappropriate stuff that was happening at Michigan State. Uh, Nothing to do with that. I'm just retiring.
0: Yeah, and the timing wasn't at all weird that, he, no, waited, that no, no, no. he waited until he got a $4.3 million bonus at the mm-hmm. end of January to uh, tell everybody he was heading out. But
1: uh, Yeah, right at the end. Yeah. Wait, uh, okay, now I'm leaving. So um, that uh, wonderful human being has left an opening at Michigan State for the head coaching job, and immediately Mark Stoops' name was thrown in there. Of course, Pat Narduzzi, uh, the head coach at uh, Pitt, he was um, also immediately linked to the job, and then today he put out a great uh, video uh, from uh, Wolf of Wall Street where it just basically puts his face on it saying he's not going anywhere, which was pretty cool. Uh, but Wolf
0: of Wall Street, always what you want the uh, teachers of young men to, uh, <laughs> to be referencing. <laughs> right. But, yeah, that was creative.
1: Uh, so now there was an article, um, I guess from I, – I can't I, – I'm not 100 percent sure where I read it. It was one of the Michigan State sites, like a, you know, one of the a, a fan site, which I guess you would refer to as a Rivals or a you know 24 seven. Or I just can't be sure. But um, in the article, it it just references that Kentucky doesn't have the facilities uh, comparable comparable to the the rest of the, the Southeastern Conference, which just oh, isn't really. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah, that's sort of
0: half-assed. Uh, yeah,
1: just not accurate at all. And to to think that uh, Stoops is going to jump ship for Michigan State just because it's in the Big Ten. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I think that shows you don't fully understand the situation here. I would find it hard to believe that Mark Stoops would just up and be gone just like that. Now, if they actually call – and say we're interested in you. Yeah, I would not put it past him to go sit down and talk to him. I mean, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that in any profession that you're in. When you get a call from somebody else, there's nothing wrong with sitting down and listening to what they have to say.
0: I, yeah, I, th- I think if you if you thought you could get Mark Stoops and Vince Marrow and and right. start getting all the guys from Ohio that Kentucky was poaching, which I mean, one of the biggest victims of what kentucky has done in recruiting ohio has been michigan state i mean if you go if you go back through and look at a lot of the guys they got you know especially early on it was like you know they weren't getting the guys in the head-to-head battle with ohio state but they were getting a lot of guys out of there that you know michigan state was their sort of top competition michigan michigan state penn state they were battling those schools in the big ten and so there's certainly some appeal there to say if we got Stoops and Merrow, we could go uh, get some really good players out of Ohio. Um, he's obviously comfortable in the, just the, that geography of the Big Ten. Um, I, I, I could see there being some logic to him as a candidate there for sure. I mean, I think he'd be a, a really good candidate for a bunch of schools. He's, he's done an incredible job as a head coach in the SEC at one of the hardest places to win. Uh, but it is super uninformed by whoever uh, was writing about that. That like, I just
1: found it. It's from Spartans Wire. Oh um, yes,
0: the va- the vaunted Spartans Wire,
1: <clears throat> and it is, um, I guess, USA Today. It's part of the USA Today network. So. E. So so it's on USA Today, Spartans Wire, and it says Stoops has Midwest ties for uh, being from Youngstown. We all know the connection between Michigan State, the Midwest, and specifically the town of Youngstown. Stoops has done a really good job at Kentucky despite being in impossible circumstances. Yes, he's in the SEC, but his program doesn't have the resources available to them as the big boys in the conference. Plus, Kentucky football will always be a distant second fiddle to the basketball team in Lexington. Stoops has already proven to be an excellent recruiter of Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, stealing top prospects from the big in-state programs. So, yeah, I think those two statements right in a row, those two sentences, yeah. that uh, doesn't have the resources and always distant second fiddle.
0: I don't think it's distant second fiddle anymore. I think uh, – No, I mean, wins- look, I mean, basketball is always going to – yeah. Didn't take precedent, but uh, I look I at that
1: think... after getting that ten win season and the ticket sales, and I mean, Kentucky fans. If, if football is good, you don't feel like it's second fiddle all the time.
0: They've okay? always supported football. I mean, yeah. until until they just got completely burned out on how bad things got under Joker and how what a rough start it was under Stoops. Yeah, uh, but they've they've started to come back, and um, you know, there were that was the thing people told me when I first got here in 2011. Is like these. People, you know, they put seventy some thousand people in the stands for if you go seven and five. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, you win ten games and start doing winning eight, nine, ten games every season, and you're competitive with everybody you play in the league, as they basically have been under Stoops here lately. Um, you know, they'll show up. So i I think it's I think Stoops Stoops and the financial commitment, which is where that really goes wrong in that story. Uh, I think have made this a better job. He has made it a better job and they have made it a better job because, because they don't have to, uh, they don't have to be embarrassed. Uh, in fact, they can be proud of all their facilities. Their stadium is beautiful now. Uh, it was not before, uh, they didn't have basically, I mean, they had a, an old ratty, uh, training facility that was small and, and looked like it was exactly like it was built in the seven late seventies or early eighties. Um, but now they have a glittering new training facility and practice fields. Uh, Yeah. You know, there's, there's really nothing where you hold them up against their peers and go, Oh man, they're, they're not up to sec standards. I mean, they pay, the pay is great. They pay their assistants. Great. They pay stoops. Great. He's got one of the better contracts in the country. Um, I, you know, yeah, the I do I, are... I don't know those basic parameters are, are things that you could sway. Now, the, if he wants to be in more in the Midwest and in the big 10 where he played his college football, um, then maybe that'll be a draw. Maybe he thinks, you know, he can, um, you know, play in a conference championship game easier at Michigan state than he could at Kentucky. And I mean, that's, you can make an argument there because Michigan State has, you know, they've been to the Rose Bowl and they have uh, played in uh, the uh, Big Ten championship game, won it. They have played in the playoff, right? They got, Didn't they get destroyed in one of the early playoffs? But they made the playoff. Oh, did they make it? I believe they did make the playoff, like in the first or second year. Um, I'll have to look that up. But, I mean, the, the thing is, I do – you can make an argument there uh, on that basis. Um that like can you can you be more of a national uh, brand at Michigan State than you can be at Kentucky. Maybe you know I'll buy that maybe.
1: Uh, it looks like it was twenty fifteen, thirty uh, eight nothing in the cotton
0: bowl. Was it Bama that smashed him? Alabama. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people have been smashed by Alabama in the playoff. but yeah, right. I mean but they've been in the playoffs. So they've been one of the final four teams standing. Um but, you know, other thing about Stoops is he strikes
1: me as a guy who would like to exhaust that first tier. Like he – I think he feels like, you know, we were getting closer where we we actually played for the SEC East championship on our home field two years ago. Uh, had our starting quarterback not gotten hurt uh, to be – you know, at the beginning of the, the season to follow up, I feel like we would have also had a chance to be in contention again. And so now he's looking at it. You know, like taking another step. Okay, if we can be healthy again, the roster we have, because uh, he's already said, you know, this feels like right before that 10-win season. This feels like the season before that when we were on the doorstep again. So I, I also yeah. feel like he would like to to get it as far as he thinks he could get it here. And if, if he's done that and gone, yeah, it's awful hard, uh, maybe it would be easier uh, to try it at a Michigan State. So I don't think he's exhausted that possibility of competing it you know, all the way here. And then on top of that, where is he going to get a contract like the one? Yeah. I mean,
0: that's the, the contract is a tough one. Um, You know, uh, but you know, what is it worth to Michigan state? Would they, would they pony that money up um, to get him? I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't even know if he's like a hot candidate to them. Uh, Does East Lansing even have a Jeff Rubies? (laughs) Yeah. There's that. Maybe, you know, to my point about, you know, is it easier to win big at a place like Michigan State? Um, D'Antonio won 10 games in a six times in eight years. He won 11, 11, 13, 11, 12, and 10 uh, in the span of eight years. That's impressive. You know, I mean, and they had a stretch of three consecutive years where they finished in the top six uh, in the AP polls. They finished third, fifth, and sixth. Um, they went Rose Bowl, won the Rose Bowl, won the Cotton Bowl, lost in the playoff in the Cotton Bowl. Um,
1: you know, well, they, only they Ohio have... State feels unbeatable in that conference. Nobody else does, right. right? I mean, Penn State's good under James Franklin, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel like they can't be knocked off. We saw what Minnesota was able to do this past season. Uh, it doesn't feel like Wisconsin is, you know, indefensible, uh, invincible. Um, it's really just Ohio State is the only one that, that seems like you. It's, it's hard to compete against. Whereas in the SEC, God, it's Alabama. It's LSU now. It's it's Georgia now. Um, it's Florida on the rise. Uh, it's Auburn. Um.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I guess, like, see, we're kind of like talking ourselves into this, right? Um, that's... <laughs> That's the, that's the, again, run. the
1: contract and Jeff Ruby's, yeah. t- you know, yeah. the one thing. And then, you know,
0: <laughs> the other thing is they are in the, they are in the toughest, uh, they are in the toughest division, you know, instead of, instead of being in the sec West, you know, I mean, it's like, I would say the sec West and the big 10 East are probably the two toughest divisions in football. And, yeah. and, that, and that has kind of risen up since since Michigan State had that run where they were just reeling off 10-win seasons. They've struggled here in the last two or three years, uh, and in part because Ohio State is back, Penn State is back, Michigan, yeah, they're, they're ranked anyway every year. Uh, but they're in that division. They, they have Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan in their division. Uh, and Indiana just won eight games, has kind of risen up as a, a challenger. So there's at least three teams that that you would say most years you think could could beat you in your own division. Um, then you got you know Wisconsin on the other side. Minnesota was a top ten team this past year. Iowa. Um, big Ten is a tough league. It, you know it's the SEC and the Big Ten. Those are the two real big boy conferences in college football. So you know maybe out of the out of the frying pan into the fire is that what it is, or out of the fire into the frying pan? I can't remember how that expression goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I would just say that if, if there is interest on their end, I can certainly see how Mark Stoops could talk himself into that job. Um, and so if they come calling, I think Kentucky have something to worry about. But I, Stoops has got to be feeling great about the direction of his program right now, that, that like you said, that, that they might be on this cusp of taking this thing to a whole other level. Right. And with that, we'll, uh, we'll say um
1: Good day. Uh, we'll end this, uh, this Locked on Kentucky podcast. And then tomorrow, preview the, the weekend matchup at Tennessee. Kentucky goes there for a 1 o'clock game, which will be on CBS. And we'll talk about that and preview the matchup with the volunteers in Knoxville on tomorrow's Locked on Kentucky podcast. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter. You can uh, ask us questions, uh, criticize us, whatever you want to do. I'm at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. Kyle is at? Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. All right. Have a great Thursday, everybody